clouds appeared on the horizons with thunderous roar, turbulent dust clouds rolled in, generally from the north. This is a depiction of Black Sunday, April the 14th, 1935 in America. Clouds appeared on the horizons with a thunderous roar, turbulent dust clouds rolled in, generally from the north, and dumped fine silt over the land. Men and women and children stayed in their houses and tied handkerchiefs over their noses and mouths. When they dared to leave, they added goggles to protect their eyes. Houses were shut tight. Cloth was wedged in the cracks of the doors and windows, but still the fine silk forced its way into the houses, schools and businesses. During the storm, the air doors were swept with wet gunning sacks. I'm not sure what they are. Help me, you old men of God. During the storms, the air indoors was swept with gunning sacks. Sponges were used as makeshift dust masks and damp sheets were tied over their, their beds. That sounds like a good idea, damp sheets, yeah. Black Sunday, April the 14th, 1935, the dust storm that turned day into night. Many believed the world was coming to an end. Wednesday, Sydney was enveloped, enveloped, I should say. Thank you. With dust storms, Turned Sydney into dramatic red before mellowing into an impermeable golden haze, unlike anything ever seen before. And of course, people last Wednesday thought it was the end of the world and were troubled in their hearts. One lady I heard uh, was the boss of a company and was found by her workers crying in her office, saying, I don't know what's happening. Is this the end of the world? She was cowering in the office, trembling, anxious, fearful. She thought this may be the end of the world. Then there were others I saw on the news who got up, saw the phenomena, and said, so what? Let's carry on with our daily exercise programs, boot camp, jogging, running, walking through the dust, keeping up with their great program of fitness. These guys at Bondi, I saw a film of People are doing boot camp through the dust. And uh, some people ignore, some people interpret, some people carry on regardless, despite the times we live in. Uh, some people say, Kesara, Sara, or whatever will be, will be. Some people uh, get anxious in their thoughts. The most important thing that we can have in these days is hope. Who thought the world was coming to an end, by the way? Who thought, Andrew, that's right. <laughs> Isn't it fantastic? Jilly is only a couple of days away from giving birth to her first child. Faith, hope, and love, but hope is what I want to talk about this morning. I've got some great stuff, man. Let's grab our Bibles. I'm going to shoot through some scriptures and I want to share what maybe the world can go through and even Christians can go through. Let's see what a troubled heart looks like. Say troubled heart. And I want to just drop in some goodies at the end there because uh, I've got to preach the rest of this later. This is all too good. Uh, John 14 verse 1, Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. Who trusts in God? Who was trusting God Wednesday? Who went to work and just play out through the day and just did what they do? And yeah, well, the fireman's have got it. I'm looking at the fireman there. He's got to turn up. The postman's got to deliver. And uh, 
just got to do what you've got to do. Uh, but don't let your hearts be troubled. John 14, 27, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give you as the world gives. So we're going to talk about a hope that God gives, not a hope that the world can give you. So peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. You know what I'm saying? There's a real rest in peace. I woke up and saw the day and, and I went, okay, that's unusual. A little shaking there, just, just a little bit, just a couple of little five, five, what, are they, what do they call that thing that rigged the scale to help me? Guys, six point, what is it? Oh, the Richter scale. Now, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a terminology for that measurement. Seismic? No, that's not it. No, the, the shaking of the ground. Richter scale. This is good. Seismic? Yeah. These are all good words. Tremor is a good word, Katrina. Six point. Oh, you got Right, that's your homework for tonight. This is why you need to come to church. Acts 2, verse 46. Every day they continue to meet together in the temple courts, just like we're doing today. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad, sincere hearts, not troubled hearts. So we're partying today. We're praising, worshipping, and we're believing in God. Our faith is robust. We're not going anywhere yet. Praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people, and the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Luke 21 Verse 25, there will be signs in the sun, moon and stars. This is great. Luke 21, verse 25. I'm getting somewhere with this. Hang on. I've got to get, I've got to, this is a, this is a series now. I've got to tell you, this will be a two, three part series. I've got to lay a foundation. So grab your Bibles and your notepads and just jot some of this down. I'm going to just quickly move through it. Luke 21, 25. There will be signs in the sun, moon, and stars. On the earth, nations will be in anguish and perplexity at the roaring and tossing of the sea. Men will faint from terror. Men's hearts will fail, another version says. Men will faint apprehensive of what is coming to the world or upon the world. For the heavenly bodies will be shaken. Was Melbourne shaken during the week? Did I hear that? couple of earthquakes down there, tremors, seismic action. What was the other words? Three on the Richter scale. I'm, still, I'm looking for that word still, God. At that time, they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. When these things begin to take place, stand up and lift up your heads because your redemption is drawing near. I believe it's the day to lift up your heads out of the despondency of life but to cast your gaze towards heaven and say, God, what am I doing on this planet? And what are you doing, more importantly? I find this, with hope, you can see what God's doing. Where there's no hope, you can't see what God's doing. Oh, God's touching nations and churches are rising and the youth are rocking and Jesus, oh, I can't see that. But with hope, you can see it. I'm going to get into that later. Who wants to see more of what God's doing? Who wants to see more? You can get blinded 
the, the, you, gotta, you, you can actually get blinded and just see nothing what God's doing in the day. In the days that you live, you need to see God moving. Fantastic. Luke 21, verse 29. He told them this parable. Look at the fig tree and all the trees. When they sprout leaves, you can see for yourselves and know the summer is near. Even so, when you see these things happening, you know that the kingdom of God is near. Jesus is making a comparison about you know when the weather, uh, what the weather's going to do by the sprouting of trees and the leaves and the, and the movement of the weather, but you can't see what, what God's doing right now. You can't even see me, that I'm the Lord. And so he's trying to help the people understand that the kingdom of God is near. It's here right now. Isn't that great? 21 verse 32, you can make a noise anytime too. I tell you the truth, this generation will certainly not pass away until all these things have happened. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. That's really part of our hope. And I want to get into next week five foundations of hope. One of our foundations is the Word of God. Is the Word of God. Another one is the... Oh, I'm spoiling it. Forget it. Luke 21. I'm excited about this message. Because people need to see your hope on that Wednesday. We get another Wednesday where it's even darker and more, more uh, dramatic. They've got to be looking at you and saying, well, how are you coping? And uh, if they see you buoyant, got hope, got life, faith, got a little, you know, just, just the quietness of soul, and you're at peace, got a little chuckle under your breath, yeah, this is good, but this ain't it. You ain't coming back yet. Amen? For it will come upon all those who live in the face of the whole earth. Oh, I've got to back it up. Luke 21, 34. Be careful or your hearts will be weighed down with this dispensation, drunkenness, and the anxieties of life. And that day will close on you unexpectedly like a trap. For it will come upon all those who live on the face of the whole earth. Be always on the watch. Thank God for the people that turned up on prayer Tuesday night. Watching. Watching for our church. Watching for our community. Be always watching. I wonder what people were doing watching on Tuesday night when we were storming heaven and bringing down heaven Tuesday night. You know, were we watching TVs? Were we watching the footy? Were we watching something other than watching heaven? Prayer is a powerful time to be watchful and then speak out what you see. Be always on the watch and pray. that you. This is powerful. Be always on the watch and pray that you may be able to escape all that is about to happen and that you may be able to stand before the Son of Man. This is powerful. I think this is absolutely pertinent to the days that we live in, these scriptures. And this is exactly why our salvation message right now is so important for the world. You know... The weather let people down. The, the, the planet, the weather let people down big time on Wednesday. All of a sudden they realized, oh my God, where's my sunny day? Where's my beautiful sky? Where's my air that I can breathe? You know, and on that day, people are going to realize that their hope in the planet is very frail. But our hope in our God is like a guarantee. It's an assurity. I don't know about you, but I've got extreme hope. Uh, guys, you could 
weld me in a steel container and I'll be still looking for a way out. There's got to be a way out. There's got to be a way. You know me, Jules, don't you? Come on. You could, you could wrap me up like Houdini, put me in a chest, wrap me in chains, float me down the Niagara Falls, and I will be going, I can get out of this. This is going to be great. I can't wait to see this on the news. This is going to be great. <laughs> hope I get out. When you got hope, you got vision. What do you see this church like right now? You see the power of God in here? Do you see people being healed, saved? Do you see God actively working? Do you see the house growing? What do you see right now in this house? What do you see during your days? Hope allows you to see. Elijah, uh, was it Elijah says to the ser- the servant, wakes up in the morning and says, man, we're surrounded. The prophet goes, have another look. The prophet knew that they were surrounded, but the prophet could see the other side of the coin. Have another look. He goes and have a, has another look. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, it looks yeah, it's different. Our salvation message is so important. 1 Corinthians 13, 13, and now these three, three remain. Faith, hope, and love. You, that's what you've got to have. But the greatest of these is love. I like what this scripture says. I've not really used this scripture in this um, context, but Acts 15 verse 9, he made no distinction between us and them, for he purified their hearts by faith. I honestly believe that we need our hearts purified by faith. Otherwise, we're going to get weighed down. Anxieties of life, dispensation, drunkenness, uh, cares of the world can weigh us down, stopping us seeing, stopping us having a buoyancy in life, having faith and being able to express the salvation uh, salvation that we have in God. Do you know what I'm saying? If we get weighed down. We've got to be buoyant, man. Man, those stories of the Titanic when it was going down and the, the men of faith and the women of faith that just had, and they were looked upon as role, they were looked upon as now as, as anchors of faith, anchors of hope. Do you know what I mean? Well, why, do you, why are you so carefree? Why are you putting others before yourself? Because I trust in God. I trust in God. Yeah, hope. What does it look like to some people? Uh, I hope it doesn't rain today, which means it probably will. I hope she comes today. I hope she will meet me when she, meaning that she probably won't. Hope has a negative connotation almost. You know, oh, I hope going to be a good, it's got a negative connotation, whereas the hope in God is a sure thing. It's a positive statement. Hoping in God is a sure thing. Let's check it out. Romans 5.5 And hope does not disappoint us, because God, it's not going to disappoint us. Another version says, hope will not have you ashamed. Another version says, because of hope, we are not ashamed. Hope in God is a sure thing. It's a guarantee. It's not, well, I hope so. Uh, I'm sure it will. The Apostle Paul, he makes great, uh, he, 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 he really goes after this, about this whole, whole uh, dimension 
of uh, this life that we have in God. He said, you've got to know God. You've got to know the hope that you have in God. You've got to know who God is. You've got to know that you can depend on Him, trust Him, absolutely believe in Him, that He will not fail you. Am I speaking to anyone this morning? When you understand that, you can have a lifestyle that is courageous, strong, performing signs and wonders, working for the benefit of the kingdom, pulling off stuff that, man, without hope, you wouldn't. Hope makes you believe your youth group's going to push past 100, and it does. Hope allows you to believe that people are going to, young people are going to be saved. Hope allows you to believe that you're going to have so many missions, so many musicians that you've got 35 turning up on, what day, Wednesday? Auditioning for the youth band. 35 musicians when we couldn't scrape together a handful. Hope allows us to believe that we'll prosper and raise an offering up for Garth to do missionary work. Not only do we take 500 up, but we take $1,000 up so this young man can go and do what he needs to do. Hope is an extraordinary thing, isn't it? Oh, I hope, Garth, you do well. I hope you get some money to go. No, I know so. I know so. He's going. He's going to be the man of God. In the 50s, young people lost their innocence. In the 60s, they lost respect for authority. In the 70s, young people lost belief in heroes. And in the 80s, the 90s, and even now, they have lost hope. But I want to tell you right now, God is about giving hope back to us. He wants to give us hope. Hope you can stand in, man. Hope that you can live by. Hope that makes you just sure in your, in your lifestyle. No matter if it's red, black, eclipse, you're just strong. You got, you got this, you got this quietness in your soul but this strength in your heart that allows you to believe, yeah, this is pretty dramatic. This ain't it yet. There's still a work to be done for God. People are looking for that. The world's looking for that, Paul. We've got to have such hope. It's like a glean in your eye. It's like those old cowboys. Something you know, something you... Ephesians 1.18, quickly, Phil. The time is evaporating. I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope. You've got to know this stuff in which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. This is a rich inheritance, man, Bryce. This is a phenomenal inheritance. The hope in God is like men walking into a bank and there's a safe, I give you the number, you open up the safe, it's a door about a foot and a half thick, two foot, let's make it two foot thick, and you open it up and hope just comes out, out at you like a light. It's like, it's like Raiders of the Lost Ark ten times, you know, a hundred, whoosh, and angels flying around, the word of God is, whoa, pow! Spielberg would do some of this stuff that I'm talking about. Come on! It's like a huge vault. Some people are trying to, you know, they're still trying to pick up. You don't have to do it. By faith. 
You are. You can. The first and the last. The Alpha and the Omega. You are God. Oh, praise God. If Michael Jackson can go, oh, I can go, oh, for my God. My goodness. If he can do that as the king of pop, I can do it as a, as a child of God. Paul is praying for the people of Ephesus and exhorting them to know God, to which God has called them. He says that it is a glorious inheritance and he wants the riches of his inheritance to become real to the Ephesians. The same is true for us today. It's a beautiful thing, the hope that God has given us today. Let's put our hands together right there. You're too quiet. we got to ask the question, do we know the hope to which God has called you? Do you know it? Do you know it? Do you know it? Do you know the hope that God has called you to? Roy, I think you have, man. You're coming alive, man. I could just see the glory around you. They're just... Your countenances change, your faith, your language, you're walking different. See, you got a bit of a swagger there. Child of God. It's tough, man. You get it on you, man. You, you'd be rocking for Jesus, I'm trusting you. Once you're saved, you can have the extraordinary new dimension of not only faith, but hope. Say hope. Say hope. But love inside, love inside. I know the greatest is the love, but hope, hope, hope is what you need. For I know the plans I have for you. Uh, Jeremiah 29, verse 11. Ten minutes left. How can you do it? It's ridiculous. Jeremiah 29, verse 11. For I know the plans I have for you. I'm pointing at you. Although I'm just only pointing at God. I'm pointing at everyone. For I know the plans I have for you. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope. Yes, the other way around, but precious. Hope (laughs) and a future, according to the NIV. It might be according to your Bible. There's so many different versions out there, they might have swung it the other way. But in my NIV, trust the NIV. I know it's got some mistakes in it. I plan to give you hope, hope, hope in a future. Young people, young people, I'm looking at someone with their eyes down, with their countenance a bit too shy. It's okay. Did I tell the story? Facebook? About being shy at school? And someone contacted me from my school. Yeah, said that, you want to tell it? Yeah, I'll tell it, I'm on a roll. Facebook comes back. I've only been on this thing about nine, ten days. And this girl friend. No. Friend girl. No, you've got to make this, help me. It's, 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 it's someone I knew that was a girl. That sounds better. Someone, you were on Facebook. Oh, you were on Facebook. Yeah, I'm on it now, but. So someone contacts Julie and says, Julie Oldfield, I knew your brother, Philip Oldfield. And, and, and I had a crush on him, and but he didn't know it. I never told him. He never knew it. He was too shy. In fact, a lot of the girls liked him, but he was just too shy. <laughs> and and, and he's, you couldn't even get his eye. 
He couldn't even get it. It just go down, like his head go down like that. And, I, and uh, so Julie had to get over that whole suggestion. And then by the end of the day, she said, well, I must respond to this lady. And uh, so this, this, she said, well, actually, actually, uh, Phil is the, is, is, I married Phil. He's not my brother. I'm Julie, I'm Julie Connell. I don't know if you remember me, but, uh, but I, I married Phil Oldfield. And that, and uh, so it was embarrassing. We nearly unsubscribed to Facebook straight there and then, but just caused a huge kerfuffle. We argued, we argued, and I said, I didn't know this guy. I don't know her. I don't know what you're talking about. We were having such a great day until that Facebook wretched message came through. Romans 15 verse 13, May the God of hope, God is God of hope, fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in Him, so that you may overflow, overflow with the hope and the, in the power of the Holy Spirit. This is a profound, you need to write this scripture down, you need to highlight it, you need to underline it, you need to take it home with you. Romans 15 verse 13, may the God of hope, what is he? He's a God of hope. This reveals that God is a God of hope. He's not sitting on his throne with his head in his hands. He's not worried about the unfolding of history. He's not stressing, he's not walking up and down, he's not worried. He's just sitting there in his glory and he's just managing and he's abiding, and he's just chilled out, he's peaced out, he's just... Psalm chapter 2, verse 1. God is the ultimate optimist. He's full of hope. Psalm 2, 1. Okay, I can see the time. Why do the nations conspire and the people's plot in vain? The kings of the earth take their stand and the rulers gather together against the Lord and against the Anointed One. The One enthroned in heaven laughs at all this suggestion of people trying to take God off the throne. The Muslims are trying to take the Christian faith. They're trying to remove our Jesus off the throne. But it's no good. It won't happen. The unbelievers are trying to remove Jesus, God, off the throne. It won't happen. It'll never happen. Jesus Christ is at the right hand of the Father. He rules. He's in control. He's having a chuckle about all the rulers and authorities trying to have their say. Even that guy who can't mention the nation because, yeah, anyway, got to be sensitive, but... All these ones trying to take out Israel and take out the Christian people. It ain't going to happen. God is enthroned. He's solid. He's rock solid. He ain't going nowhere. No matter what arguments you come up with, with unbelief. Jesus had a baby through Mary and books in the borders and trying to taint and pollute our gospel, ain't going to happen. Speaks of a time, that scripture actually speaks of a time when the people of the earth are trying to take God off his throne. It isn't going to happen. The Muslims say that they're going to topple the Christian faith. It's not going to happen, guys. 
Many people say there is no God. God laughs in the heavens. He created the heavens and the earth. He created you and me. He's almighty or powerful or caring or perfect, loving God. This is the God we serve, guys. Come on. One who is totally in control. He is not pacing up and down, wondering what to do. He is seated on the throne. Zephaniah 3, verse 17. The Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He will take great delight in you. He will quieten you with His love. He will rejoice over you with singing. He's singing over you. Jimmy, you're so precious. You're so beautiful. I love you, my Jilly. Now, I don't know what your song is, Luke. Luke, you are so handsome, so rugged. Your six-pack is a delight. (laughs) I love this stuff. Psalm 131, verse 1, my time is evaporating, my heart is not proud. Psalm 131, verse 1, my heart is not proud, O Lord. My eyes are not haughty. I do not concern myself with great matters or things too wonderful for me. But I have stilled and quietened my soul. This is my last point. But I have stilled and quietened my soul. This is King David. He's going through stuff. He doesn't understand what's happening. He's he's on the run. He's got Saul. He's, He's got stuff happening. He's a king. He's he's a major dude. And he's got stuff happening all around him. He's in in a turmoil. He's in a crossfire. He's ducking. He's weaving. He's on the run. He's fighting for his life. He's fighting for his people. There's questions he's asking, but they're not being answered. There's stuff that says here, I do not concern myself with great matters, meaning things that are too difficult for me. Things too wonderful, meaning things too difficult. I always thought it was the other way around. Things too wonderful. Just things too wonderful. That that surf, that motorbike, that tree. But it actually means things too difficult for me. Sometimes we get very worried about things which are way beyond us. God never intended that we should know all the answers, all the ins and outs This is for someone right here. These are things which are too difficult for us to understand and do. I don't know why a pastor, a precious pastor's wife, would fall out of a boat. And we say that with respect. I I don't know why things happen. People look at us and say, well, you're God. If he was so on the throne and in charge... Why does he let these things happen? Even Julie and I asked the question, why couldn't an angel come in and stop? And I'm sure it does. I'm sure angels do come and and avert tragedy and disaster. I'm sure. I know so. I told a story to Wyong High School. That was my first grade story I would tell the students of a lady walking through a subway in New York. And this man, she got an uneasy feeling. She She was at night. It was midnight. She was walking through the subway and a man was approaching and she felt really uneasy in her in a spirit. She was a Christian. Her spirit was, was understanding something wasn't right. And she kept walking. She had to. And this man just walked straight by her. They arrested the man. He was a serial killer. They asked him, why didn't you try and do anything with that woman? 
the, the, the man said, the serial killer said, you kidding? There was two white dudes walking beside the girl, the lady. Two white, seven foot tall, just try it, buster. Lady went back. He was arrested. Lady went to and got him saved. Said, I don't know how with how paths have crossed, but wow. My heart is not proud, O Lord. My eyes are not haughty. I do not concern myself with great matters or things too wonderful for me. But I have stilled and quieted my soul like a weaned child with its mother. Like a weaned child. What's a weaned child? Weaned off the breast. And it's it's over the anxiousness, panicking about where the milk's going to come from. But now it trusts in the provision of the food. Like a weaned child, he's just going to trust. Not be a, not be a panicking thing. Oh, it's going to be very red, very dusty, very dusty, very red, very dusty, very dusty. But we're like David who drew close to God, just drew close to God. And when he did come close to God, God allowed his soul to be still. And the Bible says he desisted from troubling himself and being anxious about these difficult things, these things too wondrous too complicated. Probably we won't even know till we go to heaven and find out some of the stuff that's happened in this place individually to us. You know what I'm saying? There's stuff, real stuff, dramatic stuff. And so we've got to draw close to God. And what does it say? My last point. What does it say? But I have stilled and quietened my soul like a winged child with its mother. Like a winged child is my soul within me. O Israel, put your hope in the Lord both now and forever. I've got to pull up there, guys. Let's all stand. Let's all stand. Yeah, put, let's put our hands together for the Lord.